I'm Shiri Schnoor. Yes, it sounds like a stage name. And I'm the creative director at Yapo. I lead the design team. I'm known as the crazy marketing design monster roaming the halls of Yapo and on Zoom as well. And yeah, that's me. I am Kate Bold. I am the brand marketing manager at Yapo. Hi, welcome to the Amazing Women at Yapo podcast, where you get to meet some of the amazing women working at our company and get an inside look about what it's like to work here. I'm your host, Talia Shani, a director of marketing at Yapo. Today, I am really excited to talk to Kate and Shiri from our design and brand team, who very recently launched something called the Fabulous Flamingos Club at Yapo. You're going to hear us talking about the Fabulous Flamingos Club a lot. Um, it was literally launched two days ago. Everyone in the company is so excited about it. We changed the podcast topic last minute to be about this. And just so you have some context, I'm going to read you the description of what this is from our website, fabulousflamingosclub.com. The Fabulous Flamingo Club, or FFC, is a collection of flamingo NFTs one-of-a-kind digital collectibles made by Yapo living on the Ethereum blockchain. These handcrafted NFTs represent a community of fabulous people, starting with Yapo employees, AKA Flamingos, who are passionate about e-commerce, brands, and shrimp. This is Amazing Women at Yapo. Amazing Women at Yapo. Amazing Women at Yapo. This is Amazing Women at Yapo. Amazing Women at Yapo. Amazing Women at Yapo. This is Amazing Women at Yapo. Amazing Women at Yapo. This is Amazing Women at Yapo. Okay, so we'll start with like the icebreaker segment. Are you in any group chats, iMessage or WhatsApp uh, that... You don't want to be in, but you can't leave because everyone <laughs> yes, will see. Yes, literally everyone I'm in. I'm <laughs> so, like, if it's friends, there, wow. I immediately leave. It's like Cable has left the chat because like there's not, I can, I don't even respond to my family like, or my, I don't respond to anybody. So like, I don't want those notifications. The ones that wow. I can't leave is the work ones because I feel like they're going to think that I'm like quitting or something. When in reality, I'm just like, this actually isn't a proper mode of communication. You're so right. There are too many groups. And I think it just becomes like a, an issue today that people, you know, I have to talk to people. So I'll just create another group and another group and until you'll probably understand me. But the worst groups today are the kindergarten groups or, you know, parents groups. Kate, I'm just telling you, you don't understand groups until you're in one of those groups. I like to start each one talking about the giving a little context of the interview with like my relationship with each of the people. So I'll start with Kate. Kate on the marketing team, obviously, we've not really worked very closely together on anything, but I do have, we did work, probably the closest we worked together was on the DSTN <laughs> live event. Uh, we made a lot of beautiful interviews. None of them got <laughs> used nowhere. ever again. Shishi, the context with Shishi, Shili, is Shiri is somebody that I have <laughs> been intimidated by <laughs> since the first time I met her. Um, Shili, we go way back, actually. Wow. Before you relocated, because, I think, even. Yeah, before before everything, before you worked at Yapo, right. you were. Shiri worked at a design studio that was like at that point we didn't have our own designers we like we did an outsourced studio and shiri worked at that studio and one of my projects at that time was to redesign the yapo website <laughs> and i was like i just remember i would always go to shiri and i'd be like shiri i have an idea 
I'm thinking like, let's do like this and this and this. And Sheila would just be like, no, <laughs> no, it's a lie. Well, no, it's not a lie. <laughs> oh my God. She'd be like, no, it's not a lie to be, to be clear. I don't know if the ideas were good. Right. I'm not, I don't know if it was like rejecting good stuff or like whatever, but I remember going to Omel and being like, Omel, what do I do? Like this Shiri person. <laughs> she says, no, everything it was you and alone. were working on it. Right. Um, and everything I go, everything I ask her, she says, no, what should we do? And, uh, and Omel was like, I don't know. <laughs> like, he's like, I guess, I guess we can't do it. Like, there was just no, there was no way to get past the Shirley no. I think to this day, it's still very hard. I wouldn't say it's impossible, but it's still pretty hard to get past a no from It's Shiri. impossible. Shirley, give us a little bit of history. Uh, when did you start at Yapo? What was your role when you started? Okay, so I started officially at Yapo, uh, I think July 2017. I actually know, as you said, Yapo a lot longer before. I think it was around 2013, maybe. I think 11 or whatever, somewhere around those years. Uh when, you know, the company was really small and as you said, they were kind of like, you know, using outsourcing for the whole design of the website, the product, everything. So I think that was like my first meet with Yapo. The official start was, again, years later after I actually moved into more in between like gaming world. And then I started at Yapo, I think kind of, <laughs> I think nobody really knew. I <laughs> think like, come and help with the studio and the design. That was kind of like the idea. It was not like an official role. It was kind of like, you know, step in. Morshini kind of like, you know, dragged me from the gaming world into Yapo and said like, okay, let's lift this thing up. Uh, it's all over the place. It, it, it was not like organized. The company's growing really fast. Uh, people here are kind of like stuck skill-wise. Uh, there's no kind of like, you know, agenda where this thing is going. And the idea was at the beginning just to grow something here. And we started, you know, bringing people on until it became more of like, you know, being in the art director of the studio and then later on being the, you know, creative director, which I am today with everyone that is in it. So basically, I think that's uh, the nutshell of the story. <laughs> and how long have you been here? I think it's almost, yeah, almost five years. Um, in the company, which is crazy because everybody I talk to, especially like newbies, you know, that they're only a month. They're like, oh, my God, I feel like I'm here so long. People, you've been like barely a month. What are you talking about? I'm five years in the company. I feel like I'm no, but it's uh, it's all in good vibes. I love the company. Like I wouldn't have been here for five years if I didn't. So and Kate, what about you? What was your when did you start at Yapa? What was mm, your role when you started? Um, God, I don't know what year it was because of the pandemic, but it's almost three years now. So I guess that would have been 2019. Yeah. Um, I started as the communications manager. Basically ended up doing brand marketing. And that's where I am today. So explain. <laughs> I got to think about how to phrase it. Uh, explain. Please explain an NFT to me like you would explain it to your mom. I actually did explain it to my mom. You did? <laughs> yeah, over Christmas when I got the call about this lovely project. Um, how I framed it, and I think I might have framed it incorrectly, so correct me if I'm wrong. But, you know, you can buy the Mona Lisa and hang it on your wall. It's kind of a status symbol. 
Um, you kind of enter this sort of tier of being like a top tier art collector. People see the Mona Lisa. They're really impressed. Maybe you get invited to cool events because you have the Mona Lisa and people know that about you. You know, the value has been built over years of like marketing and history. So an NFT is similar to that in that you're essentially buying like a digital piece of art to hang on your wall. Non-fungible tokens are digital, like I think, well, A, I think they have a lot of different uses. So it's hard to just like, you know, bunch them all into one category. Um, But I think how we are engaging with them is kind of digital assets where you can purchase them through cryptocurrency and you have kind of the only version of that asset, the only digital version of that asset, um, kind of like the original. So Right now, when you think about NFTs, like how we are approaching them, um, there's also like the ape one and all of the other NFTs that are really famous. Just search like NFT ape. Um, And what it does is essentially upon acquiring one of these, which can cost you anywhere from like, you know, a dollar if you buy a crummy NFT or like a million if you buy a really famous one. Um, for the most part, you get access to communities. You might get swag. You got cool benefits. Um, maybe if you're a company, like you could use it as part of your loyalty program. Uh, if someone has an NFT, they get like gold premier status. Um, but NFTs is like a, a small part of just a much larger like blockchain and cryptocurrency and Web3 movement. Essentially, right now, we're kind of in like the Web2 era, which is, you know, if you win a outfit on a video game or something, the video game owns that. Um, Or if you post a TikTok, like TikTok owns that. Like you're looking at kind of this platform culture, whereas Web3 is about individual ownership. You know, the potential to like you own that NFT, you own that video game outfit, you own those images or those videos and you control kind of where they go. And then there's also the side of community, which, again, is very big. So the point behind the NFTs were at whatever they are, 3D elements or uh, animated or just, you know, plain PNGs, um, digital. Um, So the idea behind it is that they represent the fact that you can be part of a community and whatever that community, you know, drives for what their agenda is. Um, And even though it has a worth like the apes, and something that even Tumor kind of like, that's the way he convinced me kind of like how cool this thing is, is even though its worth can come to millions of dollars, not even a million, millions of dollars, people will not sell them because it's a status. And when you get to that level, I think that's like, okay, you did something like with, you know, with a lot of influence. So speaking of brand projects... Uh, describe the fabulous Flamingos Club to me. What is it? So basically, long story short, Yapo wanted to get into Web3, make some NFTs, and obviously create a community for anybody that had acquired those NFTs. Currently, those NFTs are available to employees. They're featuring our biggest mascot, our Flamingos. And any employee that has a fabulous Flamingo NFT will have access to an amazing community with maybe swag, maybe different channels on Discord, maybe in-person events, 
um, and a bunch of other cool stuff that I won't promise right now. Um, and so right now it's really for employees. No other company is doing this um, for their employees that we've seen. And so it's a way to build pride. It's a way to get them excited. Um, and then eventually, as we continue to build value for these NFTs and for the surrounding community, they will be open for trading. Employees will be, you know, once they acquire them, they can obviously trade them. And as we continue to do additional drops, they're not necessarily all going to be going to employees. Um, so not only keep an eye out for when they're ready for trading, but keep an eye out for those future drops as well. Sherry. So basically, I think it's supposed to represent um, the essence of our values or culture um, that starts from like what we call the values and culture of Yapo. Um, it's very, very, I know it sounds very vague and it's almost even hard to explain if you're not part of the company and part of the people. Uh, but I think I'll start a little bit maybe before. So I feel like, like in the last year or so, we've been struggling, you know, with high techs as they like to call it here, high techs, um, kind of, you know, um, as something that's grown into an ugly bubble of, um, you know, extravagance and it's affecting, of course, hiring and the culture that we're creating with, you know, the future of young people. And and I think it was something that was very hard for me because they said, like, I don't feel this in the company. I know every company has their problems. We need to work on a lot of things. But like those things didn't feel to me like something that we're feeling in our company. And it was frustrating because the fact that we were a high tech company was we were put under that bubble. And when I was talking to many people, including Tomer and Kate and, and, and more and everybody, like, what can we do? Like, what are the things that we're doing to actually affect this, you know, this perception that we're not part of this thing? We need to create a lot of buzz, yes, but we also need to make sure that the things that we're creating, the projects that we're going into have, you know, a different effect. We're, we're looking at things a little different, if it's, even if it's from the parties that we're creating or in, until, you know, those kind of brand campaigns that will affect eventually hiring. So this NFT kind of grew from that. It was important for us to find different ways that we can, you know, talk about what this company is, what it does. When we, we when we think about how we can reward our employees, it's not about, you know, just giving them their Teslas. It's not about, you know, giving just higher salaries, like, you know, the, the extreme higher salaries that we're seeing in the market. We want to do a lot of things through this club, through this unity that are, you know, with the things, the agendas that we're already always putting in front from, you know, uh, if we make money out of this project, then this money, part of it goes to charities and many places that we feel are part of our agendas. Um, and this community, as part of being a community, will have the influence to decide where this thing goes. Flamingo was an obvious choice because the flamingo is sort of Yapo's mascot. This is another thing from the uh, magical mind of Tom El Taglin, um, where as far as I know, he literally <laughs> decided one day um, that, that he, yeah, that Yapo was not a unicorn company, but it was a flamingo company and we're all flamingos in the flock. Um, and, and that's it, you know, he says it. And I, with the same thing with the flamingos, I think I might've seen an early draft of flamingo talk. And I said, I don't know, man. I don't get it. Like, <laughs> I remember same. it was when uh, when we announced. I think one of uh, the rounds. It was mm -hmm. like that was. Uh, and and I'm again. I'm, I'm telling you, it's it's like the same scenario. I was like, what? 
I don't understand. I mean, it's cool, maybe in, internally, but like talking about this outside. But he just, I don't know. He has like this way to know what will work no matter what. So Flamingo, obvious choice. It represents Yapo. It's our mascot. How did you actually design the flamingos? What we decided to do was focus on like what type of collection we're creating. So as I said, there are many different approaches. One of the approaches besides the medium itself is like, um, is it like each piece is very different from one another? So you can create, let's say, a flamingo. Then you can do an egg. Then you can do like an apple. And all of them are under the this specific collection. Or you can d- go with the way which we decided to go with, which you're creating this, as we said, like this entity that keeps on changing with different traits. What the traits are could be anything. Could be like just like, you know, color of a background, for example. And the way that we saw it was that we're going to create this flamingo, this entity, and do a mix of a lot of traits, which both basically is like dressing this flamingo up very, very, very nicely in different elements. And the mixes themselves, the amount of use you're having with each of the traits will also be one of the elements that determines if it's a rare NFT or not a rare NFT. That's not the only thing that, you know, helps this, but it's one of the things. Um, And basically what I did when we created these 40 NFTs, it sounds a lot, which is not a lot. I'm talking about like collections are usually around 10,000 things like that, um, is that we, we first, we needed to understand the anatomy, like how are we placing our flamingo, you know, unlike the board club, which is, you know, kind of a human anatomy. When you're talking about a bird with a beak, it's very problematic the way you're presenting it as an avatar, because first of all, it needs to be mostly on a profile, you know, visual kind of, uh, look. And we needed to make it look still like, you know, a flamingo, but a more humanized, cartoonish kind of flamingo because we didn't want to create something really realistic. So I'm looking at them now. If I, if you see me looking away, I'm looking at our beautiful flamingos. And I want to know how you got, I was really interesting to hear you describe sort of how you dis, like figured out the anatomy, the eyes on the flamingo. And I, I understand there's different types of eyes, but they're all quite like human and they're quite knowing <laughs> and like maybe they have a lot of personality. Yeah. Um, how did you, how did you land on sort of that? I don't know. Yeah. How did you land on, on the flamingo's personality, I guess? So it's funny, you know, this is kind of like a, a secret, but at the beginning I wanted to call this the sneaky flamingo club. <laughs> and because I felt like, um, Company-wise, maybe sneaky in English doesn't sound the way I would have wanted when you say it in Hebrew because it might be like, you know, very eh, bad connotation. But the idea was that, you know, we're not we're not naive. We understand what's happening. You know, we have been, you know, in the company, in the industry, enough years. We, we are, you know, we know what we're doing and we're kind of like cool. We're playing it cool. So I wanted to make him really, really cool, but without being a douche. And I think I think the balance was sneaky. Sneaky felt to me like, you know, it's somewhere in between. It's not here. It's not there. I'm not like, you know, a douche and I'm not like, you know, happy, happy. So it's somewhere like that. Yeah, it's it's amazing just how well it it comes across. And I think I said it earlier, but it's not. Um, I mean, there's so many different ways you could have taken a flamingo. Mm-hmm. I would say if you're imagining if you're listening to this now and you're imagining what this flamingo looks like, 
probably you have it wrong. <laughs> go, go. I mean, we like Shiri described it really well, but yeah. go to fabulousflamingosclub.com, look it up. Um, and it is, it's very Yapo, it's very compelling. And it's very just like, mm. I don't know, edgy sounds cheesy, but it's like, <laughs> I don't know. It's just so cool. And it's weird how much it it uh, connects and feels really right. Not not weird, but you know what yeah. I mean? It's interesting how much it feels very right for Yapo. These are like fun questions. I'm going to spit them out, answer very quickly, jump in. Uh, let's just go. Uh, last time you screamed out loud. This morning. This morning on my kids. If you could be any famous person for a day, who would you be? Kristen Stewart. So gay. Oh my God, you look like her a little bit. Oh, thank you. DC or Marvel? <laughs> Marvel. Neither. Of course. Which Kardashian or Jenner are you most like? Kylie. Chris. Next vacation destination? Japan. Austin. One word your friends would use to describe you? Aggressive. <laughs> it's so true. Probably compassionate. Guilty pleasure food. Cheese balls. Creme brulee. Favorite ice cream flavor. I don't like ice cream. Rocky Road. Today's the day I learned that Sherry is <laughs> She's aggressive wow. and hates ice cream. <laughs> wow. Wow. Headline of the episode. Um, okay. Cat or dog? Dog. dog. No, cat. Cat. Oh, my God. No. What can I say? That was actually amazing. I learned a lot. <laughs> it was a great conversation. Very, very cool to hear about this. Uh, this project, I don't know for anyone listening, was launched about two days ago. So this is like hot off the presses info from Kate and Sherry today. And just thank you guys so much for being here. Thank you for putting together the project. And thanks for being here today. Thank you. It was really Bye fun. Y'all. Bye. This podcast is dedicated to all of the amazing women at Yapo and beyond. It was created with help from Ruthie Berber, Chris Dinozo, and Sarit Weinstein. Thanks to our guests, Kate and Shiri. And thanks to my boss, Omer Kanani, who, when I said good morning to him today, responded, I actually did explain it to my mom. (laughs) 